Today, we're continuing our series on neighboring life. What does it mean to be a neighbor? What does that look like? How do I step fully into this? We've been talking about neighboring for a while now. This is actually the fifth week of the series. And if you're like, oh, then I I don't know what happened. I'll catch you up. It's okay. All right. So we only have one more week after this week of neighboring life. Our life groups will be winding down. um, And then we'll go full bore into Easter. Um, So we will have all all kinds of Easter programming here. We'll have our Monday, Thursday service and a Good Friday service and get to use all the weird uh, words like Monday, Thursday. What in the world is that? Um, It's our foot washing service here at the uh, the church. And um, we'll do all kinds of fantastic stuff like that. That is on spring break week. uh, But I believe Easter and celebrating the risen Savior is more important than uh, spring break. Just a little thing there. Um, Just a thing. You know, JC agrees. Uh, JC, it's good to see you this morning. Also, uh, JC's in the house. Uh, it's fantastic. There you go. Uh, if you haven't seen her for a while, she came back last uh, for last night to help out. And we thank you for that. <laughs> the celebrity that is JC. Yeah. And also, the testimers are here. Hello, Craig and Lori. Um, um, they uh, got to retire and move to North Carolina and ditch us, and we miss you terribly. Um, but Craig looks at me this morning. They've only been gone seven months or so, nine months. Uh, and, uh, and he goes, Jerry, I, I, don't, I don't know anybody. <laughs> he goes, that's a good thing. I was like, I know, Craig. Uh, so that's fantastic. And um, we love you so much. We miss you terribly. So if you um, are like me and you miss the customers terribly, hug their neck or shake their hand or fist bump them or whatever is your proclivity uh, this morning. All right. We're talking about neighboring. We're talking about this idea of, of Jesus really centering on what's the two most important things in the whole scripture. If he's going to call us to do something, what's the important? What's the takeaway? What do I, if I can hold only on to a couple bullet points, what are they? Are these two things. Love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else hangs on that. Now, I'm really good at making it all about the minutia. Anybody else good about making it about details and not the main thing? Right? Like, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin's like, mm, pick me. Uh, we're really good because like, oh, well, there's a detail that I can get really fixated on and I can, you know, make it all pretty and this. But the, the main point is to love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as our self. This comes from Mark 12, verses 28 to 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard, them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This is the main point. And so um, I am guilty of getting really fixated on number one, just loving God with everything I, I am. Uh, but then I, I kind of forget about loving my neighbor. And I've got a feeling that I'm not the only one that falls into that trap. And so as we discuss, what does it look like as we press into this idea of loving our neighbor? Um, for me, today is pretty difficult. This is one of the ones I'm I'm really bad at neighboring in general, but this one I'm kind of bad at uh, too because um, it's, well, we'll get to that in a second, but I just, it's hard. So I don't come at this at a place of like, I've got it all figured out. 
If you hear that, you heard the wrong message, right? I do not have this figured out. Um, I'm struggling through this uh, with you in these moments. And our life group is fantastic because we're like, I don't know how to do that. And I don't know what, what, how do I, but my neighbors are weird. And like, yeah, but you're weird. So it's okay. Um, I mean, I'm weird, not you. I'm, I, uh, but it just, it just happens like that, right? So we've been going through each week and talking about different ways of neighboring. The first one was we're going to be neighbors who commit to stay. Um, by the way, all the different truths that are coming out today work with your neighboring, they work with your marriage, and they work with your parenting. Okay, so you're like, I live on a 50-acre plot and no one's around me. I don't have to pay attention today. Well, if you have a spouse or if you have kids, you also can uh, apply some of these uh, things as well. Okay, so there's, there's that. We're going to commit to stay. We're going to stay connected. We're going to say, you know what? I'm planted here. I own this house. I, I own this, this place, and I'm going to stay. I'm going to be a, a pillar for my community. My neighbor is, bought one of the model homes, right? He's been there since the thing started. He knows what's wrong with everybody's house. He knows that my sump pump runs constantly. So I was like, is my sump pump broken? What's going on? He's like, no, you basically have a, a spring uh, underneath your house. I was like, oh, fantastic. Well, at least I know that, okay? But he, he's, a, he's a wealth of knowledge of all the different things that go on um, in our neighborhood because he's been through it all. And you know, that, bull, that guy, is, he's steady. I, can, I, can, I know he's there. And we need that in our own lives. We, we all need the kind of people that we know they're going to be there, right? They're going to be there for us because there's so much uncertainty. There's so many people that kind of come in and out of our lives. They're like, are they going to be, oh, no, they're, they're not a connection. They're not, uh, that, that, so many people walk out of our lives. What, what is it if we're a kind of person that says, nope, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm engaged. We're going to stay. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to pray for our neighbors. We're going to pray for them, not pray at them, not pray about them. We're going to pray for them, intimately pray for them, pray for the way in which they, their kids. Um, I have a, a neighbor who's got a teenage driver. You know, I pray a lot for them, right? Because the stress level for them and for the safety of my children as they drive by, right? It's just, I just pray for that car. I pray for whatever is happening and the freedom that the car represents. I pray for that because I... I care so deeply for them. Pray for them, not about them. The third thing was uh, we're going to play with our neighbors. This might sound funny to you, but we're just going to play. We're going to enjoy life together. We're going to share common experiences. Once again, this all applies to our spouses and to our kids as well. And then today is we're going to say, we're going to speak life into our neighbors or into our spouses or into our kids. We're going to speak life. And this is something that I think we, we miss a lot. We stay on the whole small talk spectrum with so many people in our life. What happens if you have just a few relationships that you speak life into? I know the people in my life that, um, and sometimes I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. I don't have time for an hour-long conversation. Because it does not matter if you are late for something or you're in a hurry. They're just going to like pour lo- love and life into you. And you're like, oh, that guy's, I have Jennifer Walker and Michael Lesbrons. I know, know their names. Jennifer Walker spoke at the ladies' convention last, last year. If you were here, you're like, yeah, she'll do that. She, just, she oozes life. And you're like, I, I was just asking you if you liked your pizza. And all of a sudden, you're like, how did you do that? And she's, she's amazing at it. It's her, her gifting. But 
I know her and I know the, the life that she brings into me just because of how she approaches every conversation is how do I speak life? How do I speak love? How do I speak truth into the people I come in contact with? And how does that change the way in which we're thinking? When we approach the different conversations we have to have with our kids, I have to have a fun conversation with Bowen today. He got three strikes yesterday. You know what I'm saying? It's chilly supper day. It's not a good day to get have three strikes, right? He had, he had three strikes. Today's going to be a little, little, little awkward lunch for the little guy. But I got I to remember, I got to speak life and I got to speak truth, but I also got to speak love in that moment. Sometimes in our marriages, we've got to speak life, we've got to speak truth, and we've got to speak love into those moments, into our neighbors when they're struggling, when they're dealing with stuff, when they, when they got to go through things, we've got to speak life. We've got to speak truth and we've got to speak love into the situation. And if we only speak of one of them and we get them out of whack, we start having a problem. I can speak truth all day to you. I can win all kinds of arguments and I have not love. I got a problem, Perry. You may have fallen upon that part of problem as well. We've talked about this, right? So, you know, we speak truth. I've got to win the argument, but I've lost the relationship. Was it worth it? Sometimes, maybe. No. <laughs> Your face is getting red. I don't know what's going on. Um, to love our neighbors as ourselves, we have to be willing to speak into their life. We have to be willing to speak into their life. I love, this is one of my favorite Um, pieces of scripture, Colossians chapter four, verse six, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with a little salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, if you've seen the little gif of the guy like seasoning the steak, that's playing in my head right now. So welcome to your pastor's brain the day after the chili supper. Uh, But let your relationships or your conversations be seasoned with a little salt. Just bring a little flavor to it. Now, remember, like, salt is the only seasoning available to you, that and olive oil uh, that you've got in, in biblical times. So just bring it to life. Let your conversations be, be seasoned with a little salt. What does that mean? It's, it's full of grace, full of love, full of life. If that becomes the, if I think about the conversations I've had in the last day, have I tried to be full of grace and seasoning those conversations with salt or have I taken life away? Have I torn down? Have I detracted? Have I, how have I acted in those conversations? And it doesn't matter if it's with your neighbor, with your coworker, your spouse, or your kid. How do I, how am I full of grace in that? How do I speak life into these moments? There's some steps we can take. We're going to talk about those today. Um, and really kind of bear into how do, I, how do I become a person who speaks life into people? And um, this is something we can work on. This is, some people are just born experts at this. And you're just like, how did you do that? Um, those people generally are the best listeners you know because of this truth. This is going to be very spiritual for you today. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is shut up. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is shut up. Anybody have a problem shutting up? Thank you. There are some honest people here this morning. They're like, yeah, no elbow zone. Spouses do not, do not hurt, your, hurt your family. But sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is close your mouth. 
In Proverbs, there's another scripture that says, um, even a fool looks wise when, he do, when his lips don't part or something like I'm paraphrasing, but even a fool looks wise when he shuts his mouth, right? You can look a lot smarter if you're just like, except my mouth's always going like this and then I look stupid, right? Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is shut your mouth. Psalm 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips, That might need to be a prayer for you as you enter a meeting, as you enter a conversation, as you go to work, as you go wherever you go, Lord, guard my mouth. Just if it doesn't need to open, just will you shut it, please? I need a, I need a mouth angel. Just all right. (laughs) So set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips because sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just shut up. We've got to listen well, we've got to engage in listening because I don't know about you, but here's, here's my issue. I don't listen well because I'm too busy thinking about what I'm supposed to say next because it will be brilliant and wonderful, right? It takes far for me, the way I'm wired, it takes far more energy for me to listen well and come up with a question to ask someone than it is for me to spout off my opinion. You see, see the difference there? But which one brings life? A question brings life. Because a question turns it. Now if I ask Chris a question, now she's got to think. And now something's coming out of her soul and something's coming out of her heart. And, and the truth is starting to be revealed maybe to herself. And, and, and she gets to feel heard and valued and loved. See the difference? If I just go, well, Chris, this is how you fix your problem. She's like, well, that might be true, but it didn't help. Self-discovery always works a whole lot better than being told what to do, right? How do we take small talk to real talk? How do we take small talk to real talk? Lord, I pray for whatever is going on, whoever is hurting right now, whatever emergency those firemen are going to. God, I pray for them. I pray for their safety. I pray for them to uh, be able to bring uh, help, and I pray for their hands to be those of hands of healing. God, I pray for the family that's been affected right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we take small talk to real talk, how do we do that? Because I'm good at, like, small talk. How's the weather? What, what's the sport thing? You've got to check through the list, right? You've got those four things, those five things. You're like, well, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Pivot. They don't like sports. Okay, we're going to do weather. If they don't like the weather, no one likes the weather, so we can stay there. You know, what are we going to do? How, do? how do I go through that and keep these relationships really, 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 really superficial? But there's these moments, and if you're paying attention to these moments... Instead of thinking about what you can say next that might be funny, I'm looking at you, Jared, that might be you know, entertaining, that might whatever, make, prop yourself up. Instead, if you're listening to what kind of question you can ask, you can take a small talk to a real talk quickly. Because someone will say that small talk thing and it's got this hint of my marriage is falling apart. It's got a hint of work is really rough right now. It's got a hint of I need help with my kids. It's got a hint of I'm just struggling it through something right now. Maybe because now you can read body posture. You can read what are they really trying to say underneath this. And so if we spiritually shut up, listen, and then ask a question, that's how we take small talk into real talk. We have to be able to go from what am I going to say to what am I going to ask? 
You see the subtle difference there? And this really hit me um, this, this morning as I was going over this message. This is, this is how I need to reorient to love people well and to speak truth into their life. Instead of saying, what am I going to say, but what am I going to ask? Let's set some realistic expectations on neighbor conversations, right? When we talk about speaking into someone's life, there is the opportunity to speak uh, life, to have this fantastic conversation, this life-changing, altering conversation. Let me tell you, that happens about once every like 20 times you have a conversation. And for me, I build up. I, I have all this anxiety about, well, I've got to have all the answers because so-and-so is struggling with this, and I've got this, and I've marked, I take the whole day off, and I'm going to have this one five-minute conversation with Paul, and we're gonna be, it's going to be awesome. And I walk over to Paul, and I'm like, Paul, all right, let's have this conversation. i got everything planned out for, for Paul in this conversation. You know what happens as soon as I tar- start talking to Paul? Emma falls down the stairs and is, and is bleeding from the elbow. Well, I just, yo, the whole day, it's just not happened. Maybe he was ready for the conversation. I was ready for the conversation. But we have this thing called kids that blow up everything else, right? So when I take the moment and I I just build it all for these select moments, and this is what I do. I I build it up and have this anxiety, and it's like a whole week of, oh, i got to have this conversation, and it's going to be a rough conversation. What happens if my default in every conversation I'm having is I'm looking for an opportunity to speak life? Now, one out of every 20 you know, I got 20 opportunities. I had 20 opportunities this week to speak life into you instead of, you know, a whole year I had 20 opportunities. Do you see the difference? I, I hope I'm communicating that well because we just have to change our, our operating procedure to I'm going to speak life in this moment. I'm going to speak truth in this moment. I'm going to speak love in this moment instead of I'll build it for this event or this moment or this time. Maybe that's how, just how my brain works, but I got a feeling yours is the same way. We want to wait until we have all the answers. We want to wait until we can sound the best. We want to wait until we're in the best space. Guess what, gang? It's always a good space to ask a question, to see someone's heart, to love on them. 1st way in which we take small talk to real talk is we speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Some of you need to like laminate that bad boy and put it on your... Um, this, this was a message I heard 10 years ago, Kelly and I did. Kelly, this is like a mantra for her. There's power of life and death in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. If you ever hear her saying that, just get out of the way. All right? Um, <laughs> pro tip. Okay? So uh, the, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. We have to take the opportunity to speak life into people. And this is real. This is only when we can only speak life into people when we slow down enough to see what's really going on. Um, I had a formative, I don't know if I really had this happen in my life before until a, a certain interaction uh, 10 years ago about this week. I was, found myself in a place of depression. I was not in a church. I was broken. I was, you know, I was going to counseling. I was full on in it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't know what I'm saying. That's okay. Good, good for you if you don't know what I'm saying. But I was broken as a person. 
And so I called, um, I called, we started going to a new church and I just called the office and I said, could I have a, a meeting with the pastor? And, the, and um, came to find out later, this pastor didn't meet, like he, he was not a people person. He's a very great, amazing preacher, like the best preacher I've ever heard in my life, but not a one-on-one kind of guy at all. And, uh, and like on stage, he was so personally like, oh, he's going to love everybody. No, 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 uh, didn't, didn't know that. But he said yes for some reason. And so we're having uh, lunch at Chili's. I'll always remember, we're in the bar at Chili's, and uh, we both had cheeseburgers. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to, like, act like I have it all together and not just start crying in front of him because that would be embarrassing. And I'm talking to Pastor Chuck, and we're talking, and he just looks at me, and he just puts down his hamburger, and he looks right at me. And he said, Jared, you have what it takes. He looks right in my eyes and says, you have what it takes. I see pastors all the time. I see guys all the time. You have what it takes. I train pastors. for That's what I do on the side. I pick guys up and I say, you have what it takes to plant churches. You have what it takes to do this. He looked at me and he said, you have what it takes. And I was doing my best not just to bust out there because all I needed to hear was someone look at me and say, Jared, you're not broken. You're not worthless. And you're not, uh, you're not used up. You have a future. And that was one of the moments in my life in which things changed. Because he took the time, I don't even know, he probably doesn't even remember eating chilies. I will never forget that day in my life to speak life into me. I want to be a guy 10 years from now that someone in this church is saying, you know, I, I ran into Jared at, at Menards one day and he spoke life into me. And I have no idea I did it because the Holy Spirit just said, boom, there we go, cool. Chuck doesn't care if he, he gets credit for that. I don't either. I just want to know, like, want to be a person that's open to the Holy Spirit moving in to speak life into people and saying, you have what it takes. You're not broken. You're not used up. You've, you've got it. What does that look like? I want to be that kind of person. That's what I want my legacy to be, to someone who speaks life. How do we do that? We speak truth. Proverbs 15, 4 says this, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Speak truth. Truth without love is hurtful. Love without truth is mush. Okay? Truth without love is hurtful, and love without truth is mush. We speak truth. You have to love someone enough to be honest. You have to love someone enough to be honest. And that is a moment of fear when you're like, okay. Do I have, and this is where the play that we talked about last week really comes in handy. That's where you earn the relationship currency. Because when you're going to be honest with somebody, I've got to have a relationship currency. They're like, Ashley, I'm going to make you a little mad at me right now. But I, you know, we just had fun. I love you. I'm for you. You know that. We, we, we won cornhole together yesterday or whatever it is. Like, like, you know, we had that barbecue. You know, I, I fixed up your kid's knee when they fell on the bike ramp. Whatever that is, I have that relationship currency. But I got to speak some truth into you right now. This is messed up. You see, see what that is? If you just come at that with no relationship currency, you're just being mean. And the way you phrase that is pretty important, right? You can be right all day and be really, really wrong. I've learned this the hard way. I testify. My wife and I, um, we ask one of the hardest questions in our relationship 
about once a quarter. We don't have it on the calendar or anything like that, but it, it generally comes up about once a quarter. And uh, it's a dangerous question. This is a dangerous question. It does not do any good if we're not both honest and we're both not loving. Okay, and this is the question. Is there anything you need from me? Is there anything you need from me? Is there anything I can do better? Isn't that a dangerous question? You think about asking your spouse that? Is there anything I can do better? Yeah, you can. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I can see about four of them right now. Uh, If you speak truth into that, it's like setting off a firebomb in your house. If you speak just love into that, oh, honey, you're wonderful. Everything's great. Then you're like, right? You got to speak love and truth. And some of those things have been the most formative uh, and and relationship changing conversations that Kelly and I have had. Because it's like, honey, I I really don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to. I don't, but this needs to change. This season needs to come to an end or whatever and come back to me. Yeah, you, you're working too much or you're doing this too much. We, we, we need more of you here. But I love you and I, I love how you're trying to provide for the family and I love all these things. You see how that, it's got to be love and truth. So if you're not ready for that question, don't ask that question yet. I'm just, or you'll be in my office <laughs> for some other reasons, okay? So, um, but that is a hard, hard question. But if you're, if you're ready for that, just speak truth and love at the same time. Same thing can be asked of your kids. Do you need anything else from your daddy right now? No, I'm good. Okay, no, seriously. You are acting a little funky. What are, what are we missing here, bub? What are we missing here? Speak truth. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I can have it all set up. I can have the most eloquent message ever. But if I don't have love, I'm just bong, bong, bong. Love, well. Uh, Third, speak love. We need to speak love into the people around us. We live in an era and a time in which love is not spoken. We go to work and we get torn down. We go to um, our place of school and you get torn down walking down the halls. You, you do whatever you do in life. It's like just a vacuum cleaner <laughs> sucking the life out of you. When we get into our neighborhoods, when we get into our homes, when we are talking to our spouses, when we're talking to our kids, what if that's an area where we're just pumping love and life and truth back into our kids? You see the attitude shift? What happens when that becomes that kind of space? I guarantee you what happens, people will want to be around that. Because <laughs> it's so rare. Speak love. This idea of speaking love into people really centers around the idea of asking questions about, what do you think about that? Have you thought about this? Where do you go from here on that? Speaking love. This is an awesome wonderful opportunity to share about Jesus is that when we've shared life with people, when we've practiced a process of speaking life and truth and love into people, it's naturally going to lead us into the source of life and truth and love. And so as we talk about it, as we discover it, as we, as we deal with the issues, we, we naturally say, well, what do you think about your future? What would it be like if you had a 
at a whole Control-Alt-Delete button, and you could just start all over again. If you could just, you know, clean the page and, 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 and start over, does that sound attractive to you? Absolutely. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Because what Jesus does is he wipes away the past. There's still consequences for the junk. There's still stuff like you're going to have to deal with here on earth, but spiritually you are clean and you are renewed and you have a, you are, the Bible talks about us being a new creation. And that all comes naturally out of, we're not forcing that conversation. I don't know about you. I'm a pastor. The evangelism question gets weird real quickly. Like, what do they reject me? What do they don't? But if I'm speaking in love with me, that, that stuff doesn't even come up. Because I've got credibility in how I've spoken life into you and how I've spoken truth into you and how I've spoken love into you. Do you see the difference in that? People don't need to hear like how wrong they're, you're terrible. They know they're terrible. (laughs) I got that. I just don't know how to get out of this mess. Love me. Care for me. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater commandment. Speak love. Um, Kelly this week has been incredibly busy uh, with with work and it's testing week if you're a teacher um, she's uh, she's doing all the the crazy tech te- tests and I don't know what's going on but they keep on saying acronyms at me I have no idea what they are but she's doing all these kinds of things and, and the chili supper and all kinds of other stuff and uh, my daughter uh, I have eight year old twins and a one year old but my daughter uh, and my eight year old daughter uh, looked at Kelly. Uh, this week, and they're riding to school together. And she said, Mommy, could we do some crafts when you get home from today? Um, surprised Kelly didn't like slam on the brakes and start crying right there. My son, if he needs attention, you know he needs attention. He may be like one of us, um, Kelly, right? Uh, so uh, he, you know it. My daughter, you never know. Like she's just, doo, 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 doo. I'm perfect, and I'll do the thing, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. And but for her to speak up and say, Mommy, could I have some time? That's like, wah, 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 wah. you better, you better. Kelly very easily could have just gone through. I'm busy. I got all this stuff. I got these things. And Kendall would not have whined, complained, or nothing. She would have been like, okay. If she would have said, honey, not today. I can't. It would have been fine. But instead, Kelly was in tune enough to speak love and life and truth to our daughter that she said, yes, honey, I'll stop what I'm doing because you are that important. And I'm going to be honest with you. If that was Jared in the car, he'd be like, nah, I don't have time to do some crafts today. And that's not because I'm an insensitive guy. That's because I just don't pay attention to those things. That wasn't in my world. But people in your life, maybe even your neighbors, maybe your spouse, maybe your kids, are still saying these kind of things. They're giving you those clues. And if we slow down enough and quit thinking about what I'm going to say because it's going to be so beautiful and so awesome and so important, instead of say, what can I ask Instead of what can I say, how can I speak life, love, and truth into this person at this moment instead of how can I be funny or entertaining or engaging? What does that look like? How does that change my neighbors? How does it change my spouse? How does that change my kids? It's not that Kelly and Jared have it all figured out. We fail plenty. You just don't get to hear about that, right? Uh, but we fail all the time. But how do we love well? How do we... Speak life into people. I think these are questions we need to continue to ask ourselves. And we need to continue to be working on them. We need to continue to work through, what does this look like for me if I start speaking life and love and truth into the people around us? I want to pray for you this morning. Ben, come on up.
God, we want to be people who listen well. We want to be people who speak truth. We speak love. We speak life into people. God, right now, in, in these moments, in this time, and in this, this season of our life, Lord, if we're so incredibly busy that we can't um, even think about other people, Lord, help us to slow down. Help us to breathe. Help us to take a moment. Help us to come in contact with you. Help us not to be overwhelmed by life's pressures. God, let us not make seasons of turmoil into a life of turmoil. God, you have uniquely placed us into a moment of time and space. Let us not squander it. You have given my neighbors, me, my neighbors, for a specific reason, is to be the light of the world to them, to show them love and life and truth. Lord, that I would take advantage of that moment. Not to see my neighbors as projects or as, 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 as marks on a belt or anything like that, but as people that you are incredibly in love with, as people that you died on the cross for, as people that you are radically, wouldn't stop at nothing to have relationship with. The same as me. And God, with those eyes, do I see the opportunities to, to speak life, love, and truth into my neighbors, to speak life, love, and truth into my spouse, to speak life, love, and truth into my children. God, that I would be your man, that we'd be your people. And how we conduct ourselves and how we listen. And when called upon, how we speak. Lord, I love you. I thank you for the gift of forgiveness. I thank you for the gift of redemption. I thank you that I was not too far gone. That there was nothing I could do to, to make you give up on me. That you redeem me, you reclaim me, you sought me out. That you chase me. God, I thank you for that. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.